This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You need to know what's happening. It's, 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 It's time to get in the huddle with Carl Dukes and Jason LaConfora. Back for another edition of In the Huddle. Super Bowl is coming gone. Carl Dukes put him up. Along with my man Jason Lockham for Brian Baldinger, part of this podcast as well, as we talk about all things NFL, guys. And all I can say, Jason, is we asked for a great game last week. It's all we wanted. Yeah. We said, like, let's, let's just have a great game. They gave us a great effing game. That's the first thing we need to address. It's hard in these Super Bowls. They're blowouts. They're not interesting. Yep. This was a great game. Yeah, I mean, it was it was compelling from start to finish. Um, Jalen Hurts in defeat. I, I don't know what more anybody could have wanted out of that young man. I mean, yes, he had one mistake handling the football. But, I mean, that was a performance for the ages. Uh, just so many people stepped up. Mahomes gutting it out when he didn't have his best stuff and wasn't 100%. Um, Andy Reid and his staff, the things they did, and I'm sure you'll get, you, you, you'll get more into this with Baldy on Thursday, but schematically what they did with their blocking schemes and getting a lot of different people involved and in helping their offensive line um, on a day where they gave up no sacks, hardly any pressures, and, and that was what we thought would be a mismatch, right? The two areas I thought the Eagles could bully the Chiefs and maybe make the game go their way was the ability to run it down their throats in a multitude of ways and their ability to get pressure without bringing numbers. They, they got almost no pressure, and the only guy who ran it effectively was the quarterback. Yep. Not, I mean, that was it. Gainwell a little bit early, and that was it. You know, Sanders was a nothing burger. Um, the offensive line of the Eagles was not able to move people around and create big holes in the running game, and the Eagles were not able to pressure Patrick Mahomes, who was playing, again, at less than 100%, and, and those were massive factors in the game. Despite all that, at one point in time, you know, we're, we're looking at 60 plays having been run by the Eagles to just 30 for the Chiefs and the Eagles, you know, more than doubling them up in time of possession. And yet the Chiefs came back and won and played a perfect second half and maximized all their opportunities um, and and didn't let the clock beat them. You know, we talked a, last, a lot last week about the clock and, 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 you know, the Eagles using the clock to their advantage. Um it's a wild game, man, and and another real, you know, diamond in the crown of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, and they're not done getting jewelry yet, I don't think, by a long shot. So um, a wild game, um, 
a game in which uh, really the Chiefs made their own breaks. You know, you, you look at the Nick Bolton scoop and score. You look at the Kadarius Tony uh, sixty return. plus yard punt return. Yeah, I mean that's probably you know that's the game. I mean that's the that's the difference in the game. So the crazy thing about this and how I've been describing it, Jason, um, is if you went into an NBA Finals game and I told you Michael Jordan wasn't going to have 30 because that was the Eagles defensive line, right? With Hassan Reddick with 19 and a half sacks and all these other guys with 11 or more, all with double digit sacks. And you go into the final game of the year, the biggest game of the year. And I tell you, hey, by the way, Jordan's not going to score 30 tonight. He may only give you he may only give you three. And that's what the Eagles defensive line did. They didn't show up, and that is the reason why they lost this game. Now, the reason why that's important is because we need to talk about the Bradbury play because it is important. We yep. need to talk about the officiating and, and what the NFL has been saying about this all year long. But that is not the reason why the Eagles lost the game. It was an inopportune time to call it. But the Eagles defensive front that had dominated everybody all year long gets yep. into the biggest game of the year, and they don't do jack. Really, that's what this comes down to. And if Mahomes has that kind of time, and he's in rhythm as he was in the second half, where he only had one incompletion, 13 for 14 for a buck 26 and, and a touchdown or two touchdowns, you're not going to beat the Chiefs. And that, no. to me, is why the Eagles lost this Super Bowl. Yeah, they, they couldn't affect the quarterback nearly enough. They, they couldn't make him uncomfortable nearly enough. Um, his longest completion was 22 yards. That was to Kelsey. And I don't think that can travel more than maybe 16 through the air. So it was not going to be pushing it downfield. We talked about this. Valdez Scantling against Darius Slay, 50 yards downfield, was not going to be the way. They'd have to run the ball. Yep. Andy Reid was going to have to stay balanced. We talked about since week 10. He had gone from running the ball the third fewest in the NFL on a percentage basis to the 13th fewest, right? He had been running the ball 41% of the time since week 10. The league average is 44. Was he going to go above that in the Super Bowl? Yeah, it was almost a 50-50 split run to pass, um, which they needed uh, because, again, the splash plays weren't going to be there. They'd have to keep that Eagles defense honest in different ways. It was going to have to be a rhythm, tempo passing game, high percentage passes, do what you can yards after the catch. But it wasn't going to be about explosive plays. It was going to be about no turnovers, highly efficient pass game, and run the ball more than some people think. And 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 that's what it was. Um, and again, as great as Mahomes played, if they don't get seven from the defense and they don't get the big special team score, I don't think they get the 38. And it You're was right. Going to take at yeah. least getting the 36 to win that thing. So it was complimentary football. The defense was by no means special, but they made a couple of special plays, which affected the outcome. As for the Bradbury play, you know, early in that game, Juju Smith-Schuster on a third down is going across the middle right around midfield. Bradbury affects him more <clears throat> in that play than he did in the final one that we're talking about. They let that go. You know what I mean? So as much as Bradbury's going to come out and say, oh, I did this, good on him for saying it, but he also did more than that earlier in the game. And Nothing. More more officials had had eyes on that, and nobody threw a flag. So how that – somehow that standard changes from the first quarter to the fourth quarter, hmm. I'd also say 
Tyreek Hill wasn't catching that ball in the back of the end zone, let alone, let alone Juju Smith-Schuster, who runs like his feet are in cement now. Yeah, it was un- like, it's an uncatchable ball. I think Mahomes was almost throwing it away just to see if he got the call. Yep. And they gave him the call. Like, I mean, that's the other part, too. I think common sense. In a situation of that much magnitude, I think you got to be real about, where, like, okay, what is the what is the what was even the desired outcome of that play? The desired outcome of that play for the Chiefs was, don't bleep it up, we're in field goal range, and – Maybe you get a flag. Like, I mean, that there was no chance he was catching that ball. So is that why the game was won or lost? No. But is it shameful for the NFL that we continue to have games marred by insufficient, not up-to-standard playing conditions? By that, I mean the field. It was terrible. And the officials. Like, how can this be? They thump their chest about we're going to be 20 million 20 billion in revenue and we're shooting for 25 billion in revenue and we're going to play games on the moon one day you know first <laughs> it's you know it's england it's germany it's mexico it's going to be brazil we're going to yeah we'll play it on the moon and we keep seeing guys slipping and sliding and getting hurt non-contact in playoff games i mean this isn't a preseason game and I saw a tweet the league sent out that morning about how much time and money they put into that playing surface. And I oh, we got all these pallets. Did you see that? It was like it's like eighty million dollars. We roll it in, <laughs> we roll it out. We're 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 watching it like it's a newborn baby. I mean, well, did anybody test it out? I mean, what the hell are we doing here? It's shameful. Shameful. It was bad. There's no doubt about it. Guys are changing cleats to try to adjust on the game. And listen, that can be a normal thing. This is the Super Bowl. This isn't this isn't any given Sunday. It's the damn Super Bowl. So these guys shouldn't have to go through that or worry about a guy slipping and breaking his ankle. But they're fortunate nobody seriously got hurt. Ser- you know, on the on the big picture, the NFL can claim, oh, we'll be better because nobody sustained a serious injury. It's in the huddle. We sub- uh, we do this every Tuesday and Thursday, guys. Subscribe. We put out new episodes. We're talking about Super Bowl 57. It's one of the all-time greats. I don't want to sit here and tell you it's the greatest Super Bowl and be a prisoner of the moment, but it's one of the all-time best Super Bowls because it went down to the end. The problem was we were not satisfied as fans because you had an anticlimactic ending. The game itself was great. The last minute 40, weak sauce. And that's why fans around the country are like, whether you're an Eagles or Chiefs fan, it's like most people weren't. Most people were just watching this game, Jason, you know, have an interest and be with friends and eat chicken wings or whatever the hell they were eating. But at the end of the day, you're like, ah, the ending, man, it sucks. Let's be honest. Well, and I think, again, neutral observer, just sort of someone watching as a fan of football, Football. fan of the human spectacle, what these men can do with their minds and bodies for three hours. Um, Hertz played one of the all-time great games. I mean, again, he, he he literally was the entire offense. I mean, he made throws the likes of which Mahomes didn't even attempt in that game, and he made them time and time again. And he was the only person who could run the football for that team. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what more, other than throwing a pass to himself, I don't know what more anyone could ask of him. Uh, he was the entirety of their offense. And he didn't get one last bite at the apple, you know. It's 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 eleven seconds instead of thirty five or you know forty eight or a minute twelve or whatever it could have been, you know. Had they not thrown 
a flag when they did. So as well as he played, you would have really liked to seen him get, you know, have at least a, one timeout and 30-some seconds to operate with and see if he can get him in field goal range. Um, but, I, I, I mean, what a what a tour de force performance. Had they given Jalen Hurts the MVP award, I don't know that anybody could have really flinched. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have. Like, I get it. From start to finish, opening drive till the last time he had the ball in his hands, he was the best football player on that field for the totality of that game, period. Hands down. I, I totally agree. And by the way, while we are talking about the Eagles offense, this just in, it is Tuesday, so this is coming in as we speak, but Shane Steichen has taken the job with the Indianapolis Colts. He will become their new head coach. For Jason and I, the good news is, is that Jeff Saturday is not getting that job, all right? And not that we're haters, but the fact no. is, well, listen. We, it's we good talk- news for the sport, but for, for my for my Twitter feed and my <laughs> columns at the Washington Post, I just I, – I lost my muse, man. Yeah. I mean, even Ursay, no, that was listen. a dream team. Oh, trust me. There are guys yeah. that you you just you, – you're like, this is great. That train was always on time, Carl. I'm going to miss that train. <laughs> you're getting all this great stuff. But Shane Steichen is the Eagles yeah. – was the Eagles defensive or offensive coordinator. He spent seven seasons uh, with the, the Los Angeles-San Diego Chargers. Obviously, Sirianni brought him over. The cool thing about this – and you, we talked about it last week, Jason. He was the guy calling the plays. It wasn't Nick Sirianni. Yeah. So – Two, twofold here, as we're talking about the, the results of the Super Bowl. One, he takes the Colts job. There's a lot there. They got a lot to fix. But what does oh, it yeah. do for but what does it do for the Eagles now? Does does Sirianni still go out and hire another OC and decide to not call no. plays? I, I would think they promote their quarterback coach, Brian Johnson, who a lot of people had interest in as an OC. And yeah. now this allows them to keep him in the building, right? Because he would you we want to go somewhere else and work with a lesser quarterback. Or you want to stay here, compete for a Lombardi Trophy, work with Jalen Hurts sure. with all these pieces on offense, and fast track yourself to be a head coach in three years from now. So I would think that would be the chain of command, and Sirianni would delegate, and we'll see how that goes. Um, and then as to you know the Colts hire, I mean, look, it, it makes sense. Um, they're going to be drafting a quarterback. They, they can't. They they got to get off the the end of the career carousel. You know, everything they've done since Andrew Luck retired has been kind of chasing somebody whose best was behind them. So now they've got to develop one of their own and they got to invest real draft capital in it. And because they were so inept under Jeff Saturday, they're positioned to do it. And it's a pretty decent chance that a part of this quarterback's toolkit will be the ability to extend plays, the ability to move around, the ability to play the option game and the RPO game. And that's obviously. You know, when the Eagles took off is when they kind of met Jalen Hurts halfway. So uh, I get it. Um, It is interesting, though, because a lot of guys on that staff are Frank Wright guys. You know what I mean? Including Sirianni. Remember when Sirianni, the Eagles had to fight furiously to beat a bad Colts team. And when they did, Sirianni was... You know, this is for Frank Reich and oh yeah, that's right. Have yeah, Jim Irsay and all that. Um, <laughs> so I guess yeah. there's a little irony in that, but uh, yeah, um, we'll see what they do with whichever quarterback they end up drafting. I think it. You know, I've heard a lot of buzz about them and Will Levis, so we'll see. Yeah, I saw Levis play up close and personal this season because uh, Kentucky's one of the schools my my daughter's was looking yeah. at, so we went up there and checked it out, but. Um, he, he's NFL built, right? He's got the, mm-hmm. the physical tools you yeah. like NFL quarterback. 
And then he's played a lot. I mean, he played at Penn State and then he, you know, transferred and all that stuff. Yeah. Point is, we'll see. We got plenty of time to talk about the draft, but a lot of people think it's, you know, uh, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and then Will Levis. Some people have Levis in front of C.J. Stroud. And I'm like, why? I don't know. I don't believe that to be the case. I think he's the third if you're going to start ranking these guys. Listen, C.J. Stroud showed me a lot in the college football playoff. And, oh, yeah. He played against I, NFL team. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think, you know, that elevated his draft status. But point is, guys, the Colts have a new head coach, Shane Steichen. We'll see where it goes. We wanted to mention that because it's literally just happening. I want to talk about the legacy of Patrick Mahomes because – He's now the 13th starting quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls. And you start talking about these guys, right? And they're all in the hall. I mean, you start talking about Bradshaw and Staubach and, you know, Brady's the outlier, guys, of course. But yeah. Rockmusberger, Elway, the, the Mannings, um, both Mannings have two each, you know. Yeah. So he's done something, Jason, that no one, nobody's ever done in a five-year period. Two regular season MVPs. Two Super Bowl MVPs, two Super Bowl chips, and he's 27 years old. I mean, this thing is this is yeah. this is interesting when you start projecting one we, we don't know about health. But before the age of 30, and Jason, if they're able to get back, this guy could have three chips within a six or seven year period. Nobody's done that. Well, and I, the difference for me too is you go back, okay. The first you mentioned Ben Roethlisberger. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Bro, he was along for the ride in that first Super Bowl. I mean, for that sure. was about the bus. That was about a couple trick plays. You know, that was about Bill Cowher's defense. Yep. I mean, there were games where it was it, – Roethlisberger might as well have been Terry Bradshaw. You get seven completions, we win the game. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? And don't turn it over more than twice. Like, that was the reality of that first one with Ben. And even, you know, Tom Brady's first one, to take nothing away from anything that man accomplished, but that was about – running the ball 30-plus times, and it didn't matter if Antoine Smith was only getting 2.5 yards per carry. We're going to keep running it, right? It was about the defense that Belichick built, um, and it was about Brady literally just don't turn the ball over, manage the game, you know, make a couple of big plays 20-plus yards downfield if you can, son, but just don't bleep it up. Mahomes has been the main thing the entire time. Like, the defense has never been great. Yep. He does have a Hall of Fame tight end. But this time he did it without the you know the potential future Hall of Fame wide receiver. It it was living in twelve and thirteen personnel with backup tight ends, and it was a bunch of dudes. I mean, anybody in the league could have had Kadarius Tony, you know, and like Valdez Scantling, Juju for not a big you know not big money. I mean, they they invested in the offensive line, but. You know, the running back, we think he's really good. I think he'll have a nice career. They got him in the seventh round. Right. You know, it was – think about how many rookies played meaningful snaps for them in the Super Bowl. Now, this was Mahomes, man. I mean, it's been all Mahomes the entire time. He threw for 50 touchdowns his first season in the league. You know, <laughs> he he wasn't the, the tugboat. He was the 
the the yacht. He he's the main thing. Like, so I think that's a little different too in how some of these guys, you know, won theirs early in the in their careers. Like, this isn't a dream team built around him. He's the dream team. Right. Yeah. It, it's it's interesting. The other the other thing is this ability to bring his team back. Um, the number is 14 and 10 when his team trails by double digits. Okay. Since 2018. So your team is down 10 or more. And this guy has a winning record. Yeah. Okay. In the NFL, they were down 24, 14 in the Super Bowl. He comes back. So now Mahomes has two comebacks of at least 10 points or more, Jason, in the Super Bowl, which ties that guy, Tom Brady. That's the thing. Like, you're never out of it. There are some great quarterbacks across the league, some guys we really like, some dudes that we think are like, all right, he's going to be a guy. But the deal with Mahomes is you're never out of it. You can can look up at the scoreboard, you're like, oh, damn, we're down 16. And you just feel like you're going to get back in the game. Well, and again, this stands out to me. Like, we start talking legacy and – how this resonates and the impact. This wasn't go throw a 50-yard fly route to the Cheetah and see if he draws a penalty or just hauls it in. It was none of that. You're right. You were gonna have to you were gonna have to architect it, you know, and structure it in a different way. And he did. This was about spreading it around, getting everybody involved, the genius of Andy Reid on some of those 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 play designs where you got a wide receiver butt ass open to, to walk backwards into the end zone. You know, do cartwheels into the end zone if he wants. And it was just – it was about being that ultimate facilitator, being able to 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 have that sort of genius thing in your mind where you're constantly balancing the clock. You know what I mean? You're balancing everything going on around you. Um, you're maximizing your performance. You're maximizing the performance of others. Um, and you're doing it while chasing the clock and chasing a Super Bowl-caliber team who you're losing to on an, in a neutral site on a crappy field, like with, with, with a bum ankle. Mm, one leg. Jason, we talk about this all the time. Jason Lock on four, Carl Dukes, it's in the huddle. Subscribe, like us, tell your friends about us, and we appreciate you guys hanging out with us as we talk all things NFL. This is the Super Bowl recap, but there's some other things that are going on, and we're talking about them, including the Colts hiring their new head coach today and Shane Steichen, which is the Eagles offensive coordinator. Um, we talk about that it's hard to win these Super Bowls, right? Brady should have lost two, okay? Should have lost two, right? In the in the game he loses to the Eagles, this dude threw for 500 yards and five t- or three touchdowns, okay? Yeah. That was against the Eagles of the Philly special and all that. Yes. He was magnificent. The point is, it's so hard to win these Super Bowls. And when, when Mahomes was asked about, is this a dynasty? And he said, we're not done yet. And I, in the back of my head, I'm thinking about, Brady, if, if the Seahawks run the ball, that's a that's an L. If the Falcons kick a field goal and, and just yeah. run three damn running plays, that's an L. Because the clock just – there was not enough time to do all the stuff. And and you think about it from that standpoint, and, Jason, it makes me wonder, you still have Joe Burrow to deal with. You, you still got Trevor Lawrence coming. Yeah. You still got – you know, Russell Wilson just got Sean Payton. You start looking at the AFC all of a sudden, and you're going, Justin Herbert – these things, you're a play or a tackle away or a sack or a strip sack and a scoop and score from it going the other way. These yeah. things are so damn hard to win, man. Oh, I mean, the margins are so slim. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, like you're mentioning all those plays. If David Tyree doesn't do this, he has he has another one. Like you, right. you like it, the pendulum goes both ways. Um, yeah, and it does just speak to that unique brilliance of Mahomes and Reed and their grace under pressure and their. Like like two dudes sharing one brain. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's pretty phenomenal. And look, they've lost one. They'll probably lose another one. You know what I mean? I think yeah. they've got multiple appearances left in them. Uh, we'll see how they go. I think they've got another Lombardi trophy left in them. And I think they've got, um, you know, a, a couple of Lamar Hunt trophies without a Super Bowl backing it up in their future. That, As you said, that's just the nature of that game. It's, it's, it's just um, – it's such a hard thing to do to complete that season. The only team, you know, who goes out with a, with a victory. Um, but I do, you know, I'll say this. You wouldn't have to, like, you wouldn't have to argue real hard with me to, to convince me that they could be in a, they could be in better shape next January because oh, yeah. this wasn't a great roster and all no. those rookies have grown up. They didn't have yep. a, they had a rookie season plus four postseason games. So, you know, they're further along. Chances are Mahomes' ankle feels better next January. Um, Kadarius Tony will have had a full offseason there. You know they're going to add something in, in the – you know, they're going to add to that group in the offseason. I think they'll add to it on defense. This isn't a team that's facing a whole bunch of defections, you know? Like, they kind of did that, right? They shed their skin last year, right? And it was – Bye-bye to Honey Badger, right? And it was bye-bye to Tyreek. And it was, you know, they, they kind of swallowed hard, bit their lip, and, and went about it a different way. And they ended up champions again. And all those youngsters who played gained experience from it. And now, like, if they want to tag Orlando Brown again, they'll tag Orlando Brown again. It's still only $19.9 million a year. He's not the greatest left tackle in the world, but they like him. They were willing to pay him 22 plus per year on a long-term deal. So even if they tag him for a second year in a row, that's 20 million bucks. You got them this year for 16. You got them the first year for 3-3. Three, three. So if you you make go back to that trade they made with the Ravens. They trade their late round pick, who the Ravens use on Odafe Owe. If you don't okay. know who he is, it's for good reason. He hadn't done a damn thing in the league in two years, <laughs> except get a strip sack against the Chiefs in a regular season game last year. Okay. Like he's lost his job to Justin Houston, you know, two years in a row. Um, so that's who they took. A kid who his last year in the Big Ten playing against Big Ten right tackles, had zero sacks, zero sacks. So that's who they took. Andy Reid gets Orlando Brown. If they franchise him, he will have Orlando Brown three peak years for a total of $40 million, 13.3 a year. And guess what he did with pick number 58 that he got from the Ravens in that trade? Nick Bolton. Mm. Wow. That's crazy. So I mean, they, and then you couple, you know, what they do in the front office with the brilliance of the coaching staff to put people in positions to succeed. Going back to my point, they might have a better roster and a healthier quarterback when we start this tournament back up again next January. Like that, that, that wouldn't shock me. You know, they might not have as good of a draft, but they'll find a couple players. I think they'll keep Orlando Brown around. I think they'll add to the defense and. Mahomes probably isn't playing on a high ankle sprain next year. So good luck with that, AFC. 
Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, that that is what makes these teams great, right? This offseason, by the way, as we talk about where we're going with what we'll be talking about, and Baldy will be here, and we'll be analyzing you know, the combine and talking about the, the, the draft and free agency, which is going to be incredible. But, but Jason, what you're laying out is that's why the Eagles got here, right? The Roseman moves to get the right guys to yeah. sign, you know, Haseen Reddick, all these things you go, how's this going to help our team? And then you see it come together. What you're talking about with Andy Reid and company with the Chiefs in their front office, they have been brilliant at this as well. But I'm with you. They can get better than what we saw yeah. just win the Super Bowl. And that alone should be scary to teams around the league because you go, all right, the quarterback, we know about that dude. But how much better are they going to get in these other places and how much more are these young guys going to elevate? I think it was nine guys out of this rookie class that have contributed. And the four in the secondary, right, McDuffie, Williams, Watson, yeah. and Brian Cook, all rookies. I mean, you're talking about a first-round corner, fourth or seventh rounder. This is crazy when you say, all right, all those rookies played. We just won a Super Bowl. You really did contain A.J. Brown and, and you know, uh, Devontae Smith. Smith's yeah. catch, we didn't even talk about that because they ruled that out of bounds. But my point, Jason, is these rookies, man, they stepped up, and they are going to be better next year. Well, and even go back to one of those rookies, Pacheco, again. Yes. He didn't really – they didn't really unleash him till week 10. So you now got an Andy Reid who everybody always said, well, man, he's just, he's not balanced enough. He's not balanced. If he would just run the football, if he would just run the football. Well, we just saw a Super Bowl where part of it was because the quarterback was banged up. Was it 27 passes, 26 runs? Yep. Does it? He can't be any more balanced. So, like, <laughs> and, and then imagine if they do get better on the outside. Like, if they do go get, or, or maybe it's from within. Sky Moore becomes who they think he can be. Like, it stands to reason Mahomes could have better weapons around him next January, plus be healthier. And now you've got these various ways that they can win. You know, and, and there could be weeks where they run the ball 30 times just because they want to take the load off Mahomes' back. or You know what I mean? Their, their version of, of load management. You know what I mean? Where, yeah, yeah we're playing the Texans this this week, um, we don't want you know Patty to have to throw it fifty times and risk getting hurt in this one. We're gonna we're gonna play a whole bunch of twelve and thirteen and get heavy, and we're gonna run with Pacheco and we're gonna run with McKinnon and we'll run with Edward Solaire if he's still around or whatever. I mean, I think this is another little feather in the cap. Like, okay, we 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 can do this a bunch of different ways now. All right, before we get out of here, just want to let you guys know some of the things we'll be talking about, and I do want to ask you about the latest with, with Lamar. But oh, just, sure. just to look ahead, guys, Derek Carr, okay, is going to be somewhere new. The Raiders are going to release him. He's going to get a chance to yeah. pick his team. The team that ends up signing him will get a compensatory pick, but they don't have to trade picks to get him. The Lamar situation is looming. Now, the franchise tag date is still ahead of us, but the fact of the matter is they hadn't got anything done up to this point. I think a lot of people feel like they're not going to. And, Jason, it is one of – the biggest stories we're going to talk about in the offseason oh, yeah. because there's still a chance he could be traded. There's still a chance oh, he may. There's, there's a message. I mean, there's always – we've been talking about it for a long time. Like, it's more likely than not that, that, he's, he's, not, that he's not the Ravens quarterback next season. All right, so well, what's, the, the what's the franchise the, the, the window to begin putting tags on players is a week away. So it starts 
next Tuesday, it goes to March 7th. If they don't have a deal done by March 7th, and I don't think there's much of a chance in hell that they're going to get a deal done by March 7th. And that's not just because there's UFOs flying above uh, Canadian and American airspace. <laughs> wow. We just, and everybody's we just worried about halftime shows. I'm thinking the halftime show might be the Martians coming down, <laughs> sucking our brains out of our heads. Like, we're worried. People really leave Rihanna alone. We got bigger fish to fry. Um, so that window opens. If they don't get it done by the time that window closes, then they'll put a tag on them, and, and they will be uh, efforting to get the best deal they can for him because they can't let him – sit out there a whole off season and a whole training camp on a tag with them knowing that their owner doesn't really want to pay him. And that's been the underlying thing the whole time. The owners never thought he's worth what the market would have said he's worth. And that's not the Deshaun Watson market I'm talking about. I'm talking about go back to the, the Josh Allen deal, you know, 43 a year, two years ago was too rich for Bashadi's blood. So that's, that's just, that's what it is. Um, I don't think that's going to change. I, I do think, He'll be dealt, and I think he'll be dealt pretty early in the offseason. The Derek Carr situation, yeah, that'll be the first domino to fall. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure the Jets want Aaron Rodgers. The Jets really better do their due diligence and get, you know, and figure out where they are in his pecking order because I think the best the Jets can do is Derek Carr. Uh, we know the Saints are interested in Derek Carr, right? He already took a visit there. Um, is that where he wants to be? You know, who's going to pay him the most money, et cetera? We'll see. Um, and then, yeah, like, does Geno Smith get tagged? I don't think so. I think they'll just get a deal done. Daniel Jones, I do believe, will get tagged. I mean, it, you know, we've got Garoppolo out there. He's getting healthier. Um, so, yeah, there'll be, there'll be a lot going on um, sooner rather than later. And as we know, the league year doesn't start till the middle of March. But these handshake deals start getting done at the end of February and the beginning of March at the Combine. And we will know where a lot of the big free agents are going, and we'll certainly know um, these these myriad trades that are going to be uh, pulled off probably well before the league year starts. The quarterback stuff is always front and center because it changes your franchise. And if Lamar ends up somewhere where it's a halfway decent team, okay, it changes your franchise. I mean, it, I don't think they trade Lamar with him, you know, going to a team that that's in the bottom cellar. Uh, I, I do think that if that happens, he changes the team. You know, we've talked about the Falcons on this show um, and, and what that means for a team like that in a city like Atlanta. I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm excited to see how this shakes out. And the other well, thing is, I mean, well, we got put him anywhere in the NFC. Put him anywhere in the NFC. You tell me Game right change. now who the five – you tell me who the three best quarterbacks in the NFC are right now. Game like, changer. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Listen, Brady's gone, right, all of a sudden. Rodgers, okay. even if he stays, is washed. I mean, and I think he's going to the Raiders. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, is Brock Purdy no. a, a top five quarterback in the NFC? By process yeah. of elimination right now, he may be. Like, who's any good? Yeah, and the like, only guy that's that, up there because there's nobody else. But I mean, I don't. Do, I mean, yes. are people worried about Dak Prescott now with Mike McCarthy calling the play? You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm going to give you Jalen Hurts, you and everybody me, else, and everybody like, else. Jared Carr's functional. He's highly functional in that system. But like, I mean, Jared Goff. But it's like Jared Goff. Like, I'm not scared of Jared Goff. I like what they're doing there. They'll probably keep him around. But like. You could argue that, like, either Jared Goff or Geno 
is the second or third best quarterback under contract in the NFC right now. And that's why he's a game changer. Wherever Cousins, he ends up. Cousins has to be in that list. I agree. You would Cousins go would have to be in that top five. You would go Dak Cousins or Cousins Dak, however you want to. The third guy, right, to your point, is probably probably Gino. Probably. Or golf, okay, but you to your point, you throw Lamar in there and he's better than those other three guys. Yeah. I mean, it's so, Lamar and Hurts and everybody else in the NFC if, if you know he ends up in Atlanta or Carolina or, or wherever. All right. That's something we'll be watching. And the other thing, you know, the, the Cowboys have a lot of decisions to make. We're just talking about guys, it's gonna be an incredible offseason. And we're going to be here for all of it. And we're going to be talking about all of it. And we're going to be bringing you inside information and all the things we know about some of the deals that are being made and that will happen. So that's what we have to look forward to. This is about to get really interesting. And the NFL is always fun in the offseason. I say this, Jason. This is where your team either gets good or bad. Okay, yeah. it's not when September rolls around and we're all like, yeah, right. and we got a full slate of games on Sunday and we're happy again. This is where your team gets good or bad. And this is why it's going to be important to see how it all shakes out in the offseason. Bro, great year of talking about yeah, this game. It's been a blast, man. It was a really fun season. And, you know, the way it culminated with the, the Chiefs win. Um, we got lucky in the Super Bowl, and now I, I'm thinking it's going to be a fun offseason. So we hope you guys check things out and make sure you tell your friends. New episodes come out Tuesday and Thursday. We do it every week. Brian Balding will be here. We'll talk about some of the things Jason mentioned schematically that Andy Reid was able to do. And we'll also start talking about some of the players that we're going to be looking at because the combine is at the end of this month. And we need to start focusing on some of those guys and, and players we're going to be talking about. So Baldy will be here Thursday, guys, so make sure you're here on In the Huddle. Jason, man, have a great day. Good stuff. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, buddy. Have a great week. Everybody else, thanks for being here. Take care.